Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that from tonight on, on Wednesday night, even on Sundays, as Joey just said, it's not just a word, but an anointed word. And I thank you, Lord, tonight that from, from now on, on Wednesday nights, that your plan, what I've heard from you and your plan for every person that shows up is to understand who you are through the person of the Holy Spirit like never before. Father, I thank you for the anointing on the word, the anointing on me to bring the word, and that every person, the sound of my voice tonight, has ears that hear, eyes that see spiritually, and a heart that understands. And that as a result of the word that goes forth, because your word brings light and life, as that word goes forth tonight, that it will not return void, but accomplish great things in the ear of the hearer, in the person that is hearing and receiving tonight. And Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We believe for great things. Lord, we believe that we're living in times in the earth for signs, wonders, and miracles to manifest like we've never seen before. Not just looking for the spectacular, but the miraculous. Father, we thank you for the miraculous in the days ahead. Tonight, just for a miraculous, a miraculous anointing just on the word that is delivered tonight. We bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. You can be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is good. God is good. God is good. So, <clears throat> from tonight on for a while, for a good season, um, we are going to talk about, on Wednesday nights, we're going to talk about, minister on, we're going to demonstrate regarding um, the things of the Spirit, understanding the Spirit of God and understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the different facets of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, is, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the triune being. He's, he, the Holy Spirit is what is in us. The Holy Spirit is what is in the earth. The Holy Spirit represents the Father and the Son and the Word represents them inside of us. So, our ability to hear the voice of the Father and to have revelation of the living Word comes through the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to understand it. We've, we've got to more than just make mental assent to it. We've got to understand it. And like anything in life, you, 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 can't, you can't live off of revelation from five years ago or a year ago or, or from times past, we've got to delve into the present revelation that God is speaking to us about the person of the Spirit. And, and we've got to tap into it and we've got, it's got to be present with us every day because it is our life and our sustenance. You cannot exist on this planet without the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you knowing and, have, and being confident 
that you're not here just trying to figure life out, but you're here as, as that, that, that person that is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's where God is living by the person of the Holy Spirit, and then God is using us to do what He wants done in the earth. That's what it takes, and the world needs to know it. You will never learn the things in life that you need to learn and know to, to, to function and really operate in, in an overcoming way on the earth. You'll never get those things except through the Holy Spirit. You'll, no, no institution, no, no group of people will ever teach you that, only the Holy Spirit, because He's the true teacher. What we're going to be talking about for weeks to come regarding the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit and the operation and, and understanding truly the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a greater way than what we've ever seen before. I'm going to teach that, but when I teach or I prophesy or I speak, I just do it in part. Holy Spirit takes what I say and then reveals it to each and every one of you individually if you give Him the opportunity to. And then He says, now, Pastor said that, and I wanted you to, to do that. I wanted you to come and hear that. Now I want to show you what... I really mean for you. See, because as I share this and I give examples and testimonies and things that have happened in my life, that's not going to relate 100% to where you're at, but you can glean from that. And then the Holy Spirit will say, now, this is what I mean for you. You need to do this. And man, we got, we got to become sharp people that can take what we hear and then apply it to our life and see the same kind of results. Amen? But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is the key. Holy Spirit is the help. He's the helper, right? Say it. Say this after me. I need help. Amen? From Him, the helper. You and I need help. We need help. We were created to need help. You're not created to do things on your own. You were created to need help. And the Holy Spirit is the true helper. Amen? So, tonight we're going to lay some foundation. I've got... Three passages, pretty good long passages of Scripture that we're going to read out of tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. But we're going to lay some foundation about what, what I feel like that the Gospels tell us about the Holy Spirit. And, and I believe that one of the things that you're going to see really clearly is how the Gospels outline the way that Jesus put all of his confidence in life on his connection with the Father through the Holy Spirit. You're going to see that. I mean, uh, right now, I, I'm at 48 different scriptures, not passages, but just individual scriptures that talk about, that refer to him hearing the Father. 48 different scriptures right now. I'm not, I'm not through. There's others, and there's others in all through the Bible that relate to what Jesus was doing. There, there were, there's so many different scriptures that were prophesied about this coming time when things would be set up this way. But the relationship that Adam had in the garden with, with God, the relationship that he had, was a one-on-one -on -one relationship that you and I need to have now with him. And we have that ability to have that one-on-one -on -one with Him and, and, and see Him in, in, in a different way than 
sometimes that we think we see him because if you're ignoring the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis, you're not seeing him and seeing the importance of him in your life if you're ignoring him. And when when I say ignoring him, that you're not turning to him for answers about what to do in everything you do every day. Years ago, I was, when I lived in, in the Rio Grande Valley, I, was, I, I had my own business down there, and I, was at, I, I did work at car dealerships. And, and um, I was at a car dealer one day, and, and I, was, I had taken my receipt into this, to this lady at this car lot, and, um, and she was talking about something that was happening, and, and some bad thing was happening, and I said, you know, um, can, I, can I pray for you? She said, oh, no, no, no. So I would never bother God with something this minor. He's got major things to deal with. You know, like wars and things like that. Why would he be concerned about something that small? And it wasn't really a small thing. It had to do with some sickness in, in, in a family member. But he, she would never bother God with something like that. Why would she think that? Only reason she'd think that is because she doesn't know him and doesn't know him through the person of the Holy Spirit. See, or, or, you, or she wouldn't say something like that. I'm not being critical of her. She just didn't know him. I don't know him like I need to know him, but I know him how I know him, and I'm growing in my knowing of him every day. And the way that happens is I put, I put more and more confidence every day in my ability to hear the voice of the Spirit. He didn't give us the Holy Spirit, and then he's trying to trick us in being able to hear him. Well, man, you know, how many people have you ever heard said, you just never know what God is going to do? Because we don't know the Holy Spirit. We don't know the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible's real clear that you don't pray to the Holy Spirit. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But it's the person of the Holy Spirit that teaches you how to pray to the Father and get results. Amen? So tonight, follow along with me because I'm, I'm going to read a number of passages that I feel like are key to this foundation I'm going to lay. And I, I, I've never preached on the Holy Spirit like I'm, like I'm or, and taught on the Holy Spirit like I'm going to do starting tonight. So in John 16, I'm going to start with verse 1. <clears throat> Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you that you, should not, that, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. I want, you to, I want you to notice as we're reading in these, in these three passages specifically tonight, I want you to notice how often he talks about knowing the Father. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them, and these things I did not, that I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now, verse 5, he says, Now I go away to him who sent me, the Father, 
And none of you asks me where you're going, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And we've talked about that many times. I mean, to this point right here, what Jesus has demonstrated in the earth, I mean, nobody had ever seen anything like this. Nobody had ever seen anything like this in the history of the world. Even what Moses did with, with Pharaoh was not like the miracles that were manifesting in Jesus' life. But then for him to tell them he's going to leave? What do you mean you're going to leave? Man, we need you. See, but they weren't, he, he, he was spending a lot of time teaching them why he came. He didn't come for them to just have confidence in him, in, in who he was in the natural, but who he really was. And that's why he continued to ask, him, ask them questions about who he was. <clears throat> Verse 7 again. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth is to your advantage that I... Well, no, I haven't read verse 7. He said, sorrow has filled your heart in verse 6. Then verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and of righteousness and of judgment through the years and we're not going to talk about it right now we're not going to focus on this this part of it because i'm getting down to verse 15 but um, through the years many people have taken these three things and many people have seen these three things that he came to do many people see these things in a negative way when all three of these things are a positive thing notice what he said Three things that the, that the Holy Spirit will do. And when he comes, he will convict the world. Who's the world? Me. That's us, right? It's humanity. It's people, the world. He'll convict humanity of sin, thank God, of righteousness, thank God, and of judgment. Thank God for that. Of sin because they do not believe. Righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I'm telling you, and we won't look at that tonight, but those three things are such a positive that the Holy Spirit came to to convict. He came to convict us of. The world was, before Jesus, the world was living in sin and there was no conviction. God had to find people that had deep, deep convictions on the inside that would do right even in spite of, you know, all the temptations and the things to do wrong. But now, now we have the Holy Spirit to convict us when we don't do right. And we can hear it. And we can hear His voice. Amen? Then He says in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when He, everybody say He. Another thing that's important and you've, if you've been around here at all, you've heard me say this many, many times before. But it's very important to know that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. He's a he. He said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears... He will speak and he will tell you things to come. He's preparing his disciples for the day you and I are living in right now. I'm going to say it again. He was preparing his disciples then for the day that you and I are living in right now. 
There was a day coming, and that day has come. And now the Holy Spirit has, has been sent here to reveal all truth to us. I'm going to read that verse again. When he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and the Father, in other words, and declare it unto you. So whatever Father says is so, is what he will reveal to you and I. That's what the Holy Spirit came to do. Look at Matthew 16. Matthew 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Watch verse 17 in the Amplified. Verse 17 in the Amplified right here. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood men have not revealed this to you. But who, who revealed it? My Father in heaven. Not men, not from natural knowledge, but my Father in heaven. So in other words, and, and I want you to hold your place there and look at Matthew 10. Matthew 10 and just the first verse. Matthew 10 and verse 1 says, and this is when Jesus had called his, his 12 disciples, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. What did he give them? He gave them, it wasn't, it wasn't the day of Pentecost, but it was a precursor to the to the day of Pentecost. It was something beforehand that Jesus gave to his 12 disciples to be able to hear from God and do what God said. See, the only way that Jesus did what he did in the earth was to hear from the Father. So the only way these disciples heard, and, and what, what Jesus was telling Peter here in Matthew 16, is you didn't hear this from men. You heard this from God. So tonight... What I'm teaching you from the word, you're hearing from a man. But the true teacher, the Holy Spirit, will take what I preach and reveal to you how that relates to you individually. See, that's, that, that's the key to it. That's why we can't, all my born-again life, and I use, you know, phones and iPads now and things, but I still like to write. I still like a pen and paper. There's something about it. I, I still, I try to do iBooks and things like that, you know, but there's not a page to turn, you know. There's a button that turns the page, and I, I don't really like that. I mean, it, I mean, I read it sometimes. If I'm on an airplane, it's easier or whatever, but I just like paper. You know, it's just me. 
But all my born-again life, if somebody's preaching the word, I have pen and paper or my phone or iPad or whatever it is, and I'm taking notes. And, and what I do with my notes is I go back over and I read my notes, and as I'm reading my notes, the Holy Spirit speaks to me about what I heard. So when you're hearing something from man, he said, man didn't tell you this. You heard man, you heard me speaking this, but the Holy Spirit spoke to you and revealed it to you. And he said in the next verse, on this rock I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What causes the gates of hell to prevail in your and my life and where the church is concerned and on earth is the lack of awareness of what the Holy Spirit is saying. So, when, when I say what I'm going to say here, and, and the two or three examples that I'm going to use, I'm not judging anybody or any situation, okay? I'm talking about where we're at right now in the history of the world and what the world needs. The world needs man connected to the Father through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what the world needs. That's it. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. The shooter in Las Vegas, how many agree he was deranged? He was, he was whatever you want to call it. Was the Holy Spirit speaking? I, I mean, or was, the whole, or was God just sitting back and letting something like that happen to humanity? That's not my God. And you realize I'm included in humanity, right? The Holy Spirit was speaking to somebody. Now, again, you understand, I'm not judging Las Vegas, the people, the church. In, I, I'm not judging anybody. I'm making a point, okay? Because one of the points that we've made, and Sarah knows this, and Sandra and, the, and, and Isabel, different ones that are part of, the, of our prayer ministry, we know this. We have a responsibility for Kerrville and Kerr County. We have a responsibility. This is our location. I'm not saying it's not anybody else's. I'm just saying it's ours. We're part of the body of Jesus Christ, and we have a responsibility to be open and aware and to hear specific things. Have bad things happened in Kerrville at different times? Yeah. But what I want to believe is we're getting more sensitive what I want to believe is in Las Vegas, they're get, they're, 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 it's not that we need more military, you know, and we need more checks at the airport. I mean, they're going to do whatever they got to do and thank God for them and thank God for all the law enforcement and military. Everybody say, thank God for them. Amen. You should pray for them every day. Thank God for them. But listen, they're not the answer. The answer is human beings connected to the voice of the Father through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the hope of the world. That's the hope of the world. More searches and more control and 
more government control and those kind of things. I mean, it's going to be what it is with, with government because people without God are going to try to create an answer. But the answer is Christ in you and I, the hope of humanity. See, <clears throat> that's, why, that's why so many people they don't understand God, and so they blame God for things. Well, that was an act of God. I've heard it. I've heard it on, on the news since the Las Vegas shooting. It was an act of God. A what? Would you serve a God like that? I wouldn't serve a God that mows people down. Innocent people just at a concert. You know, it was actually a concert for a good cause. That's an act of God? No, they don't know God. No, don't jump on people and criticize them and, you know, hammer them and all those kind of things. It just makes it even worse. You understand? That makes me want to be more sensitive all the time and be more aware and more alert and, and on guard for all of humanity. You know, but I, I'm, I'm convinced that we hold a stronger protective awareness in the local areas that we live in, like with us here in this area. I'm not saying it's all. That's, that's not our own, the only sphere or realm that we have because there's no distance in the spirit realm. But it's stronger in our locale. So we need to be stronger for our area and then encourage other people to be strong in their areas. And then as you're strong in your area, God will, re when we're faithful with what we have around us, you know, what's closest to us, God will, will allow, you know, our, our, um, our realm of influence to increase. But we've got to be serious about what we're doing. And, and, and listen, it's not a labor. We just have to learn to listen and do. Tonight, the title of my message is Hear and Do. We've got to learn how to hear and then do what we hear. I mean, we hear things all the time with these ears, but there's a set of ears spiritually that are on the inside of us that we have to, we have to fine-tune those and learn to hear the voice of God and what God is saying and what he is telling us to do specifically and then do it. Oh, yeah, but, you know, what if it wasn't God? You'll find out. Huh? You'll find out. But, but, but don't pull back and not do because, because you have questions about it. You'll learn. If you know how to repent, then you're covered. You know what, God? I thought it was you. I missed it. I repent. But I thank you that my ear hearing is getting more in tune and more lined up. And I thank you for the ability to be able to hear and know your voice and know the other voices. And I won't follow after those voices. Can you say Amen. So notice what he said in verse, well, in verse 18, he says, and also, this is Matthew 16, 18, and also I say to you, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church at the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And then verse 19, I want to read out of the Amplified. <clears throat> because the Amplified really defines what it re this really means. In, in, in the literal Greek, this is what he means. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be 
Say that. Say it again. It must be what is already bound in heaven. Where is the Father? Heaven. So whatever is already bound in heaven that Father says is bound a certain way, then what we bind on earth has to be what he's already says is bound. So then when we bind on earth what he says is bound in heaven, then what we're releasing is what he already said is so. So we're not just coming up with some good idea about what to bind. Now, we're going to talk about what real binding is because I think that we're going to look at some definitions of that, not tonight, but at a later date. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture and also in, in Matthew 18 about what binding and loosing is. But then he says, that was about binding, but then in the, the loosing part, he says, and whatever you loose, declare lawful, whatever's right on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven or what's right in heaven. Okay? Now, look at Matthew 18. This is the third passage. And verse 18. <clears throat> Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, and, and, and in, the, in the Amplified, it's, it's the same wording as it was in Matthew 16. He says, he said, whatever you bind on earth, in other words, whatever you declare to be improper on earth, has to be what God says is improper. And whatever you loose on earth has to be what God, or, or what you say is right on earth, has to be what God's already said is right. Then verse 19, watch this. He adds to it a little bit here from, verse six, from chapter 16. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, concerning anything, in other words, that they bind and loose. In other words, so... If, if two of us get together, if Brian and I get in agreement about something that God says is unlawful, he said if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done of them by who? By the Father that we heard from. Now, I think a lot of times that the Father gets blamed for a lot of things that he never did. Because we never heard from him about what he said was so. So we bind, we loose, we declare, we say these kind of things, but he never actually told us to say them in the moment. That's why before we declare, before we speak, before we pray, we've got to hear from him. We've got to know how to hear from him. We've got to be able to hear that voice and know that he has said a specific thing so that we have faith and confidence that what we're saying is if he was standing here in bodily form, if Jesus again was in bodily form, it's what he would be saying. That's how we get the same results he got. For where there are two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus is telling his disciples this, I'm there in the midst of them. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. And if two or three come together in a place of agreement, we'll have everything that we ask from the Father when we 
bind and loose and release the things that he says we should release and bind. So, <clears throat> what I want to look at the rest of the time tonight, and, and we're going to we're going to spend a lot of time dissecting these three passages that we just read out of because there's, there's some real key things I feel like in there, and we'll do that in the, in the days and weeks ahead. But what, what I want to do is look at a little history of where, how all this came about. This is kind of right in the middle of Jesus' earthly ministry, these passages of Scripture that we looked at. But I want to look at Luke chapter 3 for a moment. Luke chapter 3. And verse 21. And when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, A voice came from heaven which said, You're my beloved son in whom I'm well, what? Pleased. What does the Bible say? So you always have to, to, when, when you look at things like this, when you look at that word right there, you have to, I mean, you know, in, in in the natural mind, you'd think, well, surely he's pleased with him because he's his son. Well, have you ever had any children that in the moment you weren't real pleased with them? (laughs) It wasn't just because it was his kid. It was his boy. What does the Bible say about pleasing, what pleases the Lord? People that exercise faith. And they walk in faith and trust and confidence. So at this point right here, right here, was the beginning. He was 30 years old. It was the beginning of his earthly ministry. And the Father, he's baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the fa- he's baptized in water and in the Holy, Holy Spirit. And, and the Father says, Son, I'm really pleased with you over these last 30 years of you remaining steadfast, you remaining under authority, doing what your mother and your father told you to do, obeying. You know, the Bible says you obey your mother and father that you'll live long on the earth and things will go well with you. He said, I'm really pleased with you because everything you've done, you've done by faith and confidence in me. And now we're connected and now we're going to accomplish some things. And look at chapter 4 and verse 1 of Luke. And it says, Then Jesus right after this experience of being baptized in water and the Holy Ghost, Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit, was led by the Spirit, was led by the Spirit, not by his head, but was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. His head may have led him to Hawaii, right? But he was led by the Spirit into some difficult situations. Some situations that any other human being on planet earth or any thousand people put together would have crumbled 
at what he was tempted with, the three things he was tempted with in the next moments. The enemy came after him in, in a weak area, 40 days of fasting, or 40 days actually of not eating, and he was so focused on God, the Bible didn't say anything about him being hungry, and when he came to the end of it, then it said, I'm hungry. And then he came to him about turning stones into bread. And you know what? Don't tell me he wasn't tempted. He was hungry. How many in here you've not eaten for 40 days? <laughs> I mean, you know, after a hard day's work and maybe you didn't eat breakfast and lunch and you come home to eat dinner, man, I'm famished for 40 days. And he was hungry. But what came out of him was what pleased the Lord for, for, for 30 years. His tenacity and his faithfulness to stay committed. To you, you and I today, our ability to stay committed to the things of God come from the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we get born again, now the Spirit of God is inside of us and we get baptized in the Holy Ghost, which we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. When we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, we have the ability to activate our connection with God and the devil doesn't know anything that's going on unless we give it away. Unless we open our big mouths about what's going on. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, that's between you and God. And the devil knows nothing. And you know what? It's none of his business. He's defeated. He has no right into you in my life. And the, in the days that we're living in, we're kicking him out. Amen? I'm talking about kicking him out of your soul, of your mind kicking him out of where strongholds and things are concerned in the mind. God wants us liberated because we have, a, we have a planet to save. God's will is not one person on planet earth perish, but all come to the saving knowledge. That's his will. Everybody say, that's God's will. Nobody to perish, but everybody to be born again. Every human being to be born again. But people will not be born again if they don't know God based on what we're talking about tonight. People will never serve God if they believe that, that, he's, that their child that died is because God took that child or this thing happened or this bad thing is because God took them. No, that's not God. And God wants us to know him that way. Amen? He wants you to know him as he really is. And we have the ability to do that. So, <clears throat> I'm just going to give you three verses of Scripture. Um, <clears throat> that talk about, and like I said, right now I'm at 48 that we're going to probably talk about over time. But I'm just going to give you three verses. And one of them is found in John 5 and verse 30. So after Jesus, after his baptism and his connection and his baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is, this is the way he lived his life. And this is the way he wants you and I to live our lives. Verse 30 of John 5. I can do nothing. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous, or it's right, 
Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. I can do, of myself, I can do nothing. As I hear, then I judge every situation. And and this is is a really solid point. You've heard me say this before, but this is a really, really, really good point. Think about this. That, and just remind yourself of this based on, on what he said right here. When Jesus entered into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he took some of his disciples with him and he left some back and took three with him and and then then he told them to stay and he went and then he you know they went, he that happened three different times they went back and forth and during one of those times Jesus made this confession he said father if there be any other way let this cup pass from me but not my will but yours be done So right there in the garden, because of what was coming on him, he was beginning to experience in the garden what it was going to be like to take all the sins and the sicknesses and everything bad from humanity on himself. He was beginning to experience that, and he said, you know what, Father, there's a problem right now. I'm struggling. My will and your will is is not matching. He said, not my will, but yours be done. What Jesus did was he performed the, the, the ultimate act of submission to the Father when it's not what he wanted to do. That became what he wanted to do because he did what Father said. But it's clearly seen right there that he was in a situation, he had to hear from Father what the will was. God surely... This, uh, surely I'm not going to go through all this. He's beginning to sweat drops of blood and experience what it's like to take all the sin of humanity that ever had lived, ever was living in the day and ever would live on himself at one time. How can that happen? I don't know, but it did. That's why we're born again. That's why we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's why we can overcome because he did. But how can that happen? In that moment, it was as though, surely, I don't have to go through this. There's got to be another way. But if there's not, let your will be done. And what he, all through his earthly ministry, we have quotes like this in Scripture, in verse 30. I can, of myself, do absolutely nothing. As I hear... I judge a situation. So, what couple things that I want to leave you with tonight in some of these verses that I'm that I'm that I'm gonna that I want to read here before we end. A couple things I want to leave you with is this, um, or one thing is this. If for Jesus to say that in himself he could do nothing. We got to judge our actions. Because if I'm judging a situation, if, if, if Randy's, let's say Randy's done something and he's done something against me, 
let's say, okay? And I know the situation. And I judge it from my head. What, what, what is the natural mind going to do? It's going to retaliate, right? But Jesus said, of myself, I can do nothing because that's not going to accomplish anything. Anybody can do that. Anybody can retaliate. When someone does wrong, they hit you, you hit back. But Jesus said, what I hear is, what, is where I make my judgment. What I hear from the Father about a situation is how I make judgment. And he said over and over and over again that that judgment is what's correct. And the natural mind will always say, yeah, but you don't know, and you don't this, and see. But the, the deal is, see, the deal is, what pleases God is when we have faith in what he's saying to us, even when our natural mind is screaming out. You know what Jesus said? God, there's got to be a different way. Why? What, 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 how am I going to be able to handle this? I, I'm not going to be able to stand up under this pressure. And man, what, you know, my God. I'm, I'm, I mean, who knows what, he, how, what, how, what his emotion was like when he realized what he was going to have to deal with and pay for. But not my will. Lord, I know what Randy said and what he did to me. I know, and I want to be angry, but I want to do your will. More than I want to retaliate, I want to do your will. And when I do the will of the Father, what it does is, what I'm doing is, I'm doing love. Every time I do the will of the Father, I do love because God is love. See, the Bible answers all these things for us if we learn to do it the way he says. So, in, in this passage here, he says, as I hear, I judge, not as I see. See, we see a lot of things and we make judgments based on what we see, but he's saying, when I hear is when I judge, not what I see. Because if I was moved by what I saw, I'd make all kinds of false judgments that, not, that are not producing. And listen to me, the more decisions I make based on what I see, the worse life gets for me. And the same for you. When what God created us to be is people that judge based on what we hear from Him so that then that judgment is righteous and that produces the fruit that God once produced in your and my life so we can help other people to do the same thing. How does the world change? One person at a time by a person who has true convictions of God and is willing to do what they do based on what they hear and not what they see or how they feel. Well, you've just done me wrong. <laughs> who hadn't been done wrong? Get over it. It's life. Grow up. Pull yourself up and let's get over the thing, right? I, I, I had some things in my past that for years I used as an excuse. And one, guy, one day God told me, he said, you're either going to grow up past this thing or it's going to drag you down. You and I have to grow up. And we have to realize that his righteous judgment is what empowers us 
to overcome every situation. So where, where we're not overcoming is because we've not valued and put value on the person of the Holy Spirit who is there and ready to tell us what to do. Every single moment of every day. And you know, you know how you get there? You know how you get there? This is real deep revelation. You get there by practice. That's how you get there. You have a thought. A thought is, ba- listen, one of the best ways to judge it is, what was my judgment based on what I saw and how I feel? Or is my judgment based on what I'm hearing? And if it's not based on what you're hearing, it's based on what you saw and how you feel or what someone else said, well, yeah, but so-and-so said, yeah, but, but that's not righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is based on what you hear from the Father. So a person will say, okay, so you mean that you're hearing this audible voice? No, no, no. Because I study this, I hear this. The Bible says, this Bible says, a word in season brings sustenance. So I study the word to show myself approved as a workman toward, you know, that is committed to the things of God. And then the Holy Spirit takes the investment that I've made inside of me and he reveals certain scripture. There's times you'll, you'll hear something and you think, wow, where'd that come from? Holy Ghost. But you put out some effort. See, he's not going to reveal air. He's going to reveal what you've invested in. That's why we study it. That's why we come in here. That's why we take notes or we listen and go back and listen to the word, take notes. And as I'm meditating on the things that I heard, as I'm meditating on those things and I'm going to the scriptures themselves and looking at them for myself, then the Holy Spirit takes what I'm spending time in and begins to reveal it to me. On that rock, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Chapter 12, in verse 49 and 50. Jesus says this, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. That's what Jesus said. Whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Whatever the Father has told me creates a judgment. It gives me the ability to judge. You you cannot keep yourself from judging every situation you come in contact with. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're judging that person. Huh? Right here, you're judging them. Somebody calls you on the phone at the end of the conversation, they say something ugly to you, you've just judged them. There's no way around it. You're going to judge every situation. And whether you judge that correctly or not is based on what you do with what you heard. They said something ugly on the phone. Person cut you off in traffic. 
if you don't practice backing up, hearing from the Father, what's Father going to say? He's going to say one of them, probably 150 things, but one of them will be, you know what? For your sake and his, forgive him. Bless him. Speak blessing over his life. Why would I want to do that? I want to run up behind him and bump him with my car. That's what the natural mind. And you listen, if you say you've never thought that, you're lying. You're not being honest. We've all been moved by what people do. We're all moved every day at different times by what other people do. But thank God for the helper, the Holy Ghost. He's not here to do it for us. God will not do it for you. He will not enable you and let you be lazy and not do your part. But he will help you by telling you what to say. And then all we got to do is say what he says. Then all we got to do is do what he says. Forgive him. And if you don't practice that, and you don't stay with it, it won't come a part of your life. You'll just give in to what's easiest every single time. And what's easiest is the ugly. Ugly is easy. Righteous is difficult. Because your flesh has been trained to do what's ugly. And to think the worst of people. All those kind of things. I I don't know why... I've had so many on my email, I've had so many news reports about uh, who's, the, who's the Hollywood director that's, that's abused all these women through the years, Weinstein or Weinstein, yeah, and I've gotten all these, 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 this new stuff about this guy. And, I, and, and, and my first, I mean, my first remarks as I, as I was looking at this, it got sent to my email, I was looking, I was reading about it, it was a news report about it, and I'm thinking, out of my mouth, that guy's a piece of work. What he's doing to women like that, and I mean, he was just, I mean, I was talking to myself, talking about this guy. And, and I, I just stopped, I thought, okay. See, See, our minds can think, all right, what he's done to these women, I'm finding out second and third and fourth hand. Seems like it's right, but there's a way that seems right that's always wrong. How about you? You want, to, you want people to believe things about you second, third, and fourth hand? Oh, you're kidding me. Pastor did that? What I'm amazed about what I've been amazed about in 29 years of pastoring is what people have believed about me, <laughs> but they never came to me to find out if it was true. But they believed it from two or three or four people down the road. You're going to believe that about, I mean, you, you, I mean you, you, don't, you don't trust the integrity of my life to believe that, I mean, I've been told things about me that I never even thought about. You want to be treated that way? No, we don't. So we have to practice with uh, Brother Weinstein, Weinstein, wine whatever. We've got to practice with a guy like that. Keep our mouth shut. If you can't say anything good, just keep your mouth shut. You've got judgment. But let your, let you, if, if you're going to say something about somebody, hear from the Father before you say it. And then you know what you do? You protect the harvest of what's going to come back to you. I don't care what the guy's done. 
Jesus paid the price for that man. Does that man need to be saved? Imagine. Right. Could my words from hearing from the Father and starting to declare over him, could the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to start praying for that man every day? Why, why, Why would I do that? I think he's a scumbag. That's what my head says. But would the Holy Spirit tell you to pray for a guy like that? I mean, that's what love does. In the worst of the worst, he'll say the only way out of the situation that that guy's in is for somebody to rise up and begin to speak the word over his life and pray for him. Entrance of the word brings light and life. I'll tell you right now, most people really don't believe that. They don't believe they have power to accomplish things like that. You know why? Because sometimes it can take years. But are we willing to do it? Are we willing to do what Father said? Jesus was willing to the point of the most excruciating death that any human being has ever even imagined to bring all the sins of all humanity on one man. And he was able to bear that and take that and die with it so that you and I would be liberated. If he can do that, I can do a lot of stuff. In the power and the strength of the same spirit that was in him, I can do it. I can hear and do what he tells me to do. Can you say amen? I'm going to end with this. Look at John 14 and then I'm done. And it's five after. So I'm just going to read. We'll come back to this next week. Verse 25. We're just going to read these two verses. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said. Do you know how blessed that we are to have this right here? These are the things that he said. Now, this isn't even, it's not even a tenth of what he said in the Gospels, in the different places. But it's what we need. And the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance when we need it what he said in here that will help us to overcome and get through whatever we need to. And help us by hearing the voice of the Father how to overcome in a specific situation that we find ourselves in. Amen? telling you tonight by the Holy Ghost and in the days and the weeks ahead as we're we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit I gave you some foundation in scripture what I'm encouraging you to do before you come each week because what I'm expecting signs, wonders and miracles that's what I'm expecting and and this this is what I want you to do, say this after me I am a bringer bring somebody bring somebody. Say, I'm a bringer. Okay. That's bad English, but I'm a bringer. Bringing somebody to these services on Wednesday night because people need to hear this because nothing will liberate their lives by revelation from God's Word about the person of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to pray at different times as the Holy Spirit leads us. We're going to prophesy at different times as the Holy Spirit leads us, but it's vital that you go and spend time in the scriptures I gave you tonight 
and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Start practicing that. Because I'm telling you, some of the best days in your my life are here right now and before us. Best days. In the midst of darkness and deep darkness covering the people of the earth, the light of Jesus is rising and shining in and through us and on us to a dying world. Amen? It's the best days that we've ever experienced. Ever. And you might say, yeah, but you know, I'm going through this and this kind of stuff in my life. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I promise you, if you'll stay with what we're going to do here on Wednesday nights for a, for a good long period of time, if you'll stay with this, it's going to rise you and take you to a new height and a new level than what, what you've ever been in before in understanding and believing and have faith and confidence in the Father through the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen?